Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. about saturate. I want to talk with you about the importance of saturating your heart with worship. And, and the whole premise or purpose of this series is to get you to saturate things that are good for you and move you in the right direction. Because here's what I know. What you saturate your heart with ultimately determines the life you live. Okay, let me fix it another way. What you saturate your heart with ultimately determines your destiny. That's that big word. That's almost that permanent word there. And I want to make sure that that as we come into this place, yeah, we can have breakfast and we can have worship and we can kick it and make friends. But if we are not saturating ourselves with the right things outside of this place, then we could be setting ourselves up for failure. Now, failure is not a bad thing. Sometimes we have to fall to figure this whole thing out, right? Failure is not, you know, you really don't fail until you absolutely quit. You can fall down, but if you get back up, you haven't failed, all right? We know that. But some of us, what I'm talking about is permanent failure. Saturating your heart with the wrong things to the point where It paralyzes you from being mobile to do the work that God has in store for you to do. And so today, over the past couple weeks, we talked about what it means to saturate your heart with the Word of God. And I think it's so essential that we start there. And then last week, we talked about saturating your heart with prayer. And and, and I made it easy. for You know, a lot of people don't pray regularly because, to be honest, we don't know how. A lot of us don't know how. And so I made it easy for you. You want to learn how to pray? best way to do it is to pray. Say whatever you want. When I first started praying, I'd be like, yo, what's up, God? It's me, B. You good? I'm good. I don't know what to say, but I'm just going to open my mouth. They said something would come out that would make sense, and eventually I became a pastor. So now I can, I can be in a prayer competition. I think I'm that good now when it comes to praying. But today I want to talk to you about worship. Today I want to talk to you about saturating your hearts with worship. Let me pray. And then we're going to go into this word. Eternally gracious God in heaven, I thank you so much for this time, this opportunity, this moment to experience you like never before. God, I ask only one thing and one thing only. I would ask that you would bless this place, this humble place from the center to circumference, saturated with your very presence today. God, I pray that today you use my body as a place where you rest at. God, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth sound a lot like yours. And I pray that the image that the people see resembles you. 
I am your ambassador to be used to the best of my ability and however you see fit today. Bless me in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, I want to focus on a particular scripture. Just, just hold that right there. Just hold your finger there. We're going to get to that. But I'm going to focus on a particular scripture, which I, I absolutely love this story. Because when I first read this story, I thought, wow, this woman in this particular story is bold. The audacity of this woman that I'm going to be telling you about. She was create, courageous. Almost, I think I could have said she was probably considered crazy for what she did at the time. But it was a, an act of worship that, that just overwhelmed her to the point of, I don't care how people judge me, how people look at me. I'm going to give the proper gratitude and praise to where it came from. And I don't care what happens as a result of it. This woman did some things, and I'm going to share that with you. But before we get into that, I want to, first of all, want you to totally clear your mind of what you think worship is. Clear your mind of what you think worship is. What you just experienced is a part of worship. Singing, music, song, dancing, shouting, those are all a part of worship, but they are not the totality of what worship is. They are all things that we do to express our worship. Preaching is not worship. It is a part of it. It is an expression of worship, but it is not in totality what worship is. Worship, if we, if we look at the word and where our English word worship comes from, it comes from this. Watch this. Our English word worship comes from an Anglo-Saxon word, which, which means worthskype. Worth Word skippy, word skippe. That's it. I've, I practice this in the mirror. I promise y'all, and it's still not coming out right. Word skippe, word skippe. That's the word. Word skippe, and that's where the, our English word worship comes from. Now it's a two-part word. Word meaning worth, value, honor. Skippe meaning shape or condition. So in other words, worship is giving value and worth to something or someone. Worship is about whatever captivates your heart's affection and consumes your mind's attention. I want to tell you here today, everybody in this room is a worshiper. Really. Everybody in this room today under the sound of my voice is a worshiper. The question is, what are we worshiping? All of us worship something. All of us bow down to something. But the question is, what is it that we're bowing down to? And, and, and my goal is at the end of this, we're not going to put, not gonna put an exclamation point on the end of this message today. We're going to put a dot, 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 dot. Because it's a continuation or a continuum of what it means to really be an authentic and true worshiper. Now, some of us, we worship to status, right? I got to be the one. You've got to recognize me. I want you to see my bling. I want you to see my gear. I want you to see where I stand at in this corporation. I'm the boss. Watch this. Some of us worship titles. 
I'm the pastor. I'm the man of this house. I'm the husband. I'm the boss. Some of us worship our sports teams. Oh, my goodness. Sunday morning, we get suited up for our teams. We get our jerseys out. We get our hoodies out. We prepare a sacrifice for our teams. You know, y'all know what I'm talking about. You get your, your libations and you get your chicken wings and your pizza. We, we prepare an offering for our teams, whether it be the Falcons or the, the Bills or the Jets or the Saints. We, we prepare an offering for our teams because we, we worship them. Watch this. Some of us worship our friends. Oh, man, my friend could not do me any wrong. My, fr- my friend got my back with better than anybody else. My friend, now, that might be your friend that turned their back on you, but my friend, mm-mm, nobody's like my friend. We worship our friends so much so that we sacrifice important time and money to be with our friends. We worship our jobs. Oh, man, I work for the best company in the world, and you are a competing company, and y'all don't do what we do. We worship stuff. We worship our homes, our cars. Oh, man, you, you got the C class? Oh, man, you need to get an E class. You, you ain't doing it right if you ain't driving what I'm driving. Oh, you live in that neighborhood? No, no, no. We live in this neighborhood. Oh, you in that school district? Shame on you. You, you are not up here. We're worshiping stuff that will not give us honor that certainly doesn't give us life. And, and, and listen, I'm not talking about y'all, so don't be offended. I want y'all to share this with people that are doing these things because I know nobody in this room worships those things. We worship our boyfriends and our girlfriends. We worship our spouses. And, and God honors some of that, but not if it's above him got to remember God gave you who you with today and if we're not worshiping him for what he's given us y'all know the rest of the story he could certainly take it away my question is and you don't have to answer that audibly today answer it within your spirit because by the end of this this message hopefully we can focus and put you on a path where you're understanding and you know without a doubt what indeed you are worshiping what are you bowing down to right now what takes up, here, here's how you answer that question. What takes up more of your time than God? When you should be praying, but you decided, you know what, I can't do it. Perhaps it was sleep, and I think you should get rest, but I think it's better to create margin so that you can have time for God. Because here's what I know. We make time to do what we want to do. I'm just going to be honest with you. I tell people that all the time. Oh, man, I, I wanted to get together with you, but I had this and that going on. We make time to do what we want to do. And I tell my wife often, you know, people, people say, man, how do you, you know, how do you and your wife keep a, a, a great marriage? We schedule everything. If my wife wants to have a, a, an uninterrupted conversation with me, then we literally, I'm not lying, I will grab my phone, she grabs her phone, and we calendar it. Why? Because everything else that I say is important, I calendar. I want to make sure that during this time on this day, my phone is off and away, and it's just you and I in each other's face having a conversation, whether it's to do our household budget or whether it's to talk about when we're going on the next date. Whatever it is, I want to schedule uninterrupted time with my wife. Why? Because I do it for the doctor. I do it for the business people that I'm trying to have business with. I do it for everybody else. Why can I not schedule time with the most important person in my world? 
I'm teaching you husbands something who don't already do that. I'll send you an invoice later. We schedule everything else. Schedule time with your wife if you need to. And don't be embarrassed about it. Because what you're telling her in that process is that, baby, you are important to me. And I want to make sure that you get your quality time. Not just time, but quality time. All right? I'll digress. I'm going to save that for another message. Matthew 4.10 says this. Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness. And, and, and Satan was throwing all type of stuff at him. Satan was just getting at him. And, and, and Jesus says this to Satan. He says, get out of here, Satan. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus is saying this. He set the precedent of what we're supposed to give our undivided time and attention to and be intentional about it. Jesus himself, the son of God, saying, we must what? And this is Old Scripture, Testament, uh, Old Testament Scripture he's pro, uh, sharing here. You must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Not your job, not your boss, not your status, not your popularity, not your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your title, any of that. God and God alone. The scripture I want to share with you today comes from Luke 7, 36 and 38 is where I'm going to start. But I'm going to talk about some other scriptures within that. If you have your notes, it'll say this. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. And so Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. This picture alone is so weird to me. Who just invites themselves to dinner, takes the man's shoes where they, well, I don't even know if he had on shoes, starts crying and just kissing his feet. And my whole, the whole time I read this, I'm thinking, well, what is Jesus doing? Like, is he just sitting there letting this woman, she's just kissing his feet, he eating a turkey leg or something, and she's just kissing on his feet? The whole visual is kind of weird to me. But don't get stuck on the visual. And I only said that because I know it was weird to y'all. So I want to get y'all past the visual of this. How could she be, first of all, let me just paint the picture, how she could even do this. The way they sat and ate in those days, the table was quite low. And when you sat, you didn't sit in chairs. We didn't have tables like we had. You have a chair and table, and you sit up like this. No, they, this would be the table. They kind of leaned like this, and their feet would be facing out that way. Okay? So that's just so you know, it's not weird. She didn't crawl up under the table and start kissing his feet. She wasn't hidden. No, she just came into somebody's house, didn't ring the doorbell, just walked in, heard Jesus was there, and said, yo, I'm, I got to see him. I don't know if I'll ever have a chance to see him again. Let me go in this people's house uninvited. And just do what I got to do. And so while he's there leaning and eating, it was customary for them to kind of lay, like, lay down like they were on a couch like this and have their meal and eat. She began to bless his feet. That's crazy for many reasons. And, that, and this is where I want to go. This is, this is the radical thing. This woman, we're going to use her story 
to teach you all how you should really worship. Doesn't require music. Doesn't require a set list. Doesn't require lyrics. Doesn't require instruments. I'm going to show you exactly what it requires. And from this day forward, you will know without a doubt how to worship. And you'll be able to do it like instantly. And I'm not going to charge you for it today. Normally I do. This is good stuff. But today is free. It's free 99 just for you. How should we worship? Here's a first note. We should worship wherever you are. Wherever you are. You mean I don't have to wait till Sunday morning? Nope. Nope. You mean I I, I don't have to just be in my little prayer closet with my own jams on worshiping? Nope. Wherever you are. But, but at work, we can't do that. We can't, we can't worship at work. We can get in trouble for that. Well, because you still think that worship has something to do with singing. That's why you can get in trouble for that. You still think that worship means you're just singing and acting and crazy. No, no, no. You can worship God even at work and not get in trouble for it. Remember, singing is just one of the expressions of worship. Playing music is an expression of worship. Well, how can I do this at work? How can, how can, I, how can I worship at work? I'll tell you about that in just a minute. I want to point out some things with this woman. Wherever you are, this woman was an uninvited guest. She heard that Jesus was in town. Many scholars would say and believe that this woman was possibly a prostitute. She had been forgiven for some very lofty sins. She had been redeemed by Christ himself. She had been changed and converted. She had received a newness. Her plate was clean all the way. Whatever happened in her past was gone. And she was so grateful that she said, I don't care if it costs me jail. I don't care if it costs me my life. I'm going into this house where they said Jesus is because I want him to know how much I appreciate him. Where. Wherever you are, you can do that. She didn't care about status. She didn't care about if she was on the list or not. She didn't care about any of that. She says, I'm going into this place. Can I tell y'all just, first of all, being a woman that's uninvited somewhere that automatically meant stoning. Unless you were working. She was not hired to be a servant there. She just bum-rushed the place. And it wasn't just a regular place. It was a Pharisee. One of the so-called very status quo religious leaders of the area that really love to always point out the law like you are out of line. We're going to kill you. But this woman, with all of her audacity and her courage, says, you know what? What he has given me is worth me being penalized, even if that meant death. He's given me life, and when apart from him, I'm not living. Wherever you are, in your car, at your job, right now where you're seated, you could worship him. It does not require music. Wherever you are, he is there because like you all said and agreed to earlier, we serve an omnipresent God. He is in the restroom when you're in there. He is on the job when you are there. He is in your success and your failures. He is where you are no matter what. He is there. 
He is there. In your valleys, in your, in, in your mountaintops, he is there. In seasons of famine and seasons of harvest, he is there. Physical things. I'll start with the things that she didn't have. She didn't even have her dignity. She, all she had at this moment was forgiveness and her past. She knew her past. The people in that room knew her past. The people in that room knew her present. Last time they saw her, she was a prostitute. She didn't care. She said, I'm going to bring my mess because he's already forgiven me. I, I, I don't care what y'all think. I don't care if you think I'm rude. I don't, I don't care what y'all think. I'm going to take whatever I have, which is me, all that I have, and I'm going to show God how much I appreciate him. And then this is how she praised him. This is the part I love. Watch this. This is how she praised him. She used a very rare and expensive perfume. She used her very tears. Here's the custom in the day. When you have an invited guest over, the very first thing you do is wash their feet. That was customary. Matter of fact, Jesus did that for his disciples to show the example. Well, she couldn't just grab water off the table and tell them, excuse me, let me get that water. She couldn't do that because she wasn't invited in the first place. So what'd she do? She began to recount all of the blessings that she'd received. She began to think, you know what? I, I had a different outcome according to society. Uh, they had already hung me. They had already persecuted me. She began to think how she had been forgiven and all of her sins were washed away. She began to think that and those tears became down, become, be, began to come down her face and they fell on his feet. And so she used those very tears, which is all she had, to wipe his feet. And then she didn't stop there. She took this very rare perfume, this oil, and anointed his feet. Well, why did she anoint his feet? Because she couldn't anoint his head. Because the way he was seated, she couldn't just reach over and just start putting oil on his head. So she says, I'm going to get the closest thing I can. I'll take his feet. And she didn't have a towel and she didn't have anything to wash it off. She says, I'm going to take my very hair. Now, let me tell you something scandalous about doing that. To even let down your hair, to let down your hair. For a woman to let down her hair in that time, you were judged harshly. You're not supposed to let down your hair in the presence of other men that are not your husband. She not only let down her hair, she took her hair and washed his feet with her hair, her tears, and her perfume. She says, I don't care if they judge me after this. I don't care if they make a mockery of me. I don't care about my family name, about what I'm going to do. I don't care who doesn't like what I'm going to do. Y'all don't know my story to judge me. Y'all don't understand how desperate I am for this man to see how much I appreciate him for forgiving me. And here's what happens. He did the same thing for you and I. He did the same thing for you and I. Some of y'all can just think, and I can think, I, just, in, just in five seconds, I can come up with five sins I committed within the past ten years and have been forgiven for. Now, they haven't been major. I'm not a scandalous pastor. Don't, don't, don't trip visitors and people who don't know me yet. I may have, you know, just, you know, maybe pointed my finger at someone for cutting me off, you know, got an attitude or something. But nonetheless, here's my point I'm trying to make. She used what she had to praise him. And sometimes all you have is your testimony. And God says, that's enough to praise him. Because guess what? You've been tested. 
you stood through the fire, and now you can share it. And all I'm asking you to do is give me praise. Use whatever you got, and sometimes that's all you have is your testimony. Sometimes all you have to offer God is your pain. All you have is your pain. All you have is your hurt. All you have is your letdown. And God says, give me that and let me redeem it and show you how I can make it a blessing. And once you give me that, I can open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you won't even have room enough to receive. Give me whatever you got and let me transform it. Not change it, but transform it so that it's forever fixed. And just what she did. She used her very rare and expensive perfume, her tears, and her very own hair. No worship team, no jam, no song, no sermon. Just what she had is what she used. Here's the third thing she did. Y'all, y'all, y'all getting some of this? I told y'all, y'all, y'all are worshipers. Here's what else she did. How should we worship? However you can. However you can. Worship him however you can. If you can sing, by all means, do it. If you can't sing, do it. Just don't let everybody else hear you. (laughs) People always say, but the Bible says, God says, make a joyful noise. He said, make a joyful noise unto him, not to everybody else that it's not joyful to. (laughs) All right, some of y'all can't sing. That's why y'all not amening on that because I'm talking to y'all. That's all right. Everybody don't have to be... A gifted singer, I'm not, but I can play them drums. They can sing. I'm a decent orator. That means speaker. I do what I can do, and I worship with what I have. Before I knew how to pray, remember what I told you all last week? I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to be so eloquent and, and use the right words, so I just began to just open my mouth. God, what's up? It's me, B. I don't know what to say. Tell me what to say. Thank you. I love you. And that would be it. And eventually it developed into something beautiful and poetic and wonderful. And now we have these deep conversations. And at the end of my prayer, God is doing this. And I'm like, yeah, when he blesses me, I'm doing the same thing. We're having great communication now, but it started somewhere. Your worship has to start somewhere. It has to start with you just saying thank you. When you walk in your house, when you leave this place, click. Oh, thank you, God. Lights on. You knew you paid a bill, but thank God. Huh? Thank God that there's an electric company that kept the lights on for everybody. Come on. When you go and you stood this morning in your closet and was like, nah, that outfit don't work, and nah, this one don't work, and you just stood there for about an hour trying to figure out what you were going to wear, that was a thank you moment. Because some people don't have that. When you put on shoes, I, I was at a meeting just last week with a brother who started this amazing nonprofit. He's from Africa, from Uganda, started an amazing nonprofit with just $10, walked 25 miles a day to go and, and just tell people about Jesus, barefoot, by the way. He wasn't 50, he wasn't, it wasn't until he was 16 years old that he received his very first pair of shoes. 16. Some of us, we're waiting to get a car when we're 16. He got shoes. And I'm telling you right now, some of us played around this morning. We picked out our socks. We picked out the different shoes. We had options. And then we got hungry. When am I going to take the church to eat? You had options. You, you opened up your pantry. You had options. When you got in the shower, matter of fact, you let the water run for a little bit. Do you all know that there are people who don't have clean drinking water in this world? Come on, somebody. Some of y'all let the water run a long time, huh? huh? Look at that. Mm-hmm. Before you even got in, you ran the water, brushed your teeth, went back and checked the news, came back. Water was still running because you're blessed. You paid the bill. It's supposed to do that. Amen? That's a thank you moment. You can praise him and worship him all the time. Go like this. Now, let it out. 
Give your neighbor some gum. Thank you. Because that's the air that you breathe and God gave it to you. You can be worshiping. It don't require a song or a team or a sermon. All it requires is what you have. Worship him however you can. Watch this. She couldn't anoint his head, so she anointed his feet. She couldn't get to his head because of where he was seated. So she says, you know what? If, if, all, if all that was available was his pinky toe, she was going to anoint that. Whatever was available for her to say, thank you, I'm going I'm to do that. Whatever I can do from where I'm at, I'm going to do that. And we need to have that same kind of desperation and gratitude for what he's done for us. I just quoted a whole bunch of stuff, and everybody was a benefactor of everything I said. We all have a roof over our head and clothes to put on our back. You all ate a hot breakfast. Even if you didn't eat it here, you ate it somewhere. Or maybe it was warm. But whatever, you had options. People don't have that. Thank you. Thank you, God. Whatever you can, however you can, thank you. When we worship, we are focusing on what? Responding to God. Worshiping is not memorizing lyrics. Worshiping is not waiting for the pastor to give you an amen moment. When you worship, this is your time to think about where God has brought you from and where he's getting ready to take you to. We are worshiping. We're focusing on God. And in that focus, our job is to respond. And however you respond, that's, that's, that's unique to you. I'm not going to tell you a proper way. That's unique to you. But whatever you do, I'm sure God will appreciate it. I'm sure that God will appreciate it. Here's a fourth thing that we do. How should we worship? We should worship with all that we are. Worship with all that you are. Everything that you are. We've heard that before, right? I will bless the Lord with all that is in me and all of this stuff. And what does that mean with all that I am? All that you are. The good, the bad, the ugly, the public image and your private image. Your public life and your private life. All that you are, your status, your finances, your successes, your failures, the good stuff and the bad. All that you are ought to worship him because all that you are, he created. All that you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else, he created that. Watch this. You don't have to come worrying about all that you're working on. That's a big misconception. Many people won't come to church. You know what? Once I, once I get some things worked out, oh, cool. How's that working for you? You working it out on your own. Let me know if it's better than what I know works, which is the word of God, which is bowing down to him and doing what you let me know if that works better. Listen, the best place you can be when you are spiritually sick, when you are spiritually unhealthy, when you are weak, the best place you can be is in the presence of God. The best place you can be when you are desperate, when you are, when you are just at the very end of your rope, that's the best. Man, that's when God really shows up in your life. And you'll say, man, God showed up at the nick of time and God was like, it was already planned that I was going to be here at this time. I knew exactly the time, the hour that I was going to be here. You didn't know, so you worried. The best place you can be at your lowest point is in the presence of of God. And hear this woman. She came with the shame of her past. She came with the possibility of being rebuked by the community. She came possibly with Jesus. She didn't know Jesus was going to respond the way he did. 
She didn't know that Jesus was going to come to her defense. Here's what happened in that moment, just in case y'all wonder about the rest of the story. These Pharisees are bugging out. They're like, yo, first of all, who is this chick? Who invited her to the party? That must be your friend. Now, that's your friend. Well, what's going on? Why is Jesus letting this woman do all of this stuff, first of all, in this place? Why hasn't he kicked her out? And Jesus came to her defense. He, in his very, very, very poetic and beautiful way of explaining things, he tells them a story. He says, what's worse? He says, a guy loans two people money. He gives one 50, he gives another one 5,000. And I'm paraphrasing here. He gives one 50, he gives another one 5,000. He says, and the man forgives both of their debts. Which one do you think will be more grateful? And the Pharisee says, the one with the bigger debt. And Jesus says the same thing for her. Y'all don't know her story. Y'all don't know why she came in here all rude, used her hair and expensive perfume and her tears, came in here unannounced. Y'all don't know. Her debt probably costs more than yours. She's probably got a little bit more sin that weighs on her a little bit heavier than you do. Y'all don't judge her. So because you don't know her story, don't think she's an uninvited guest. No, she's supposed to be here. Jesus defended her in that moment when these Pharisees are like, why is she here? This woman came with the shame on all of that stuff and presented it to him. Why? Because she was grateful for the forgiveness of the sins. Here's how we worship God. Wherever you are, with whatever you have, however you can, with all that you are. Here's the final one. At all times. At all times. Watch this. Psalms 31, 1 and 2 says this. I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. That's the message version of that scripture. I love that. I live and breathe God. Meaning you don't have to look at the back of my car to see a fish to know that I love Jesus. You don't have to see if I'm wearing a what would Jesus do bracelet to know if I love Jesus. You don't have to look at my wardrobe to see if I got a Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt to know if I love Jesus. Because I'm always praising him when every single circumstance, even when it's not the circumstance that I want, I'm still praising him because I know there's something greater on the other side of my turmoil. There's something greater on the other side of destruction. There's something greater on the other side of defeat. There's something greater on the other side. All I have to do is praise him until I get there. Some people been there before I see. There's something better on the other side and they call it breakthrough. There's a reason they call it breakthrough because you've hit a wall in your life like this woman did. She hit a wall in her life where she'd been judged, she'd been condemned, they knew her story, they knew her past, but she encountered this man named Jesus. Jesus saw her, forgave her, healed her, made her new again, and once she hit that wall and she met Jesus, Jesus became the drill that helped her break through. And when she got on the other side of that wall, she became a new creature. She became a new somebody and so grateful for what had happened to her that she said, I'm just going to invite myself to a party full of these 
uh, famous and known people. I'm just going to invite myself to this party. I'm going to take whatever I got. He's going to know that I appreciate what he's done for me. He's going to know today, baby, that I am grateful for him saving my life. He's going to know today, baby, that if it wasn't for him, I'd be dead. He's going to know whatever it takes. If it takes this oil, if it takes my tears, if it takes my hair, whatever it takes, he's going to know that I'm grateful. And ain't nobody going to stop my praise. We got any people in here like that? We got any people that want to be radical for him today? We got any people in here that he's done some amazing things that you're not going to let a word stop you? You're not going to let a moment stop you from giving him praise? You're not going to let a situation stop you from giving him praise? We got any people in here like that today? With whatever she had, all that she had, she worshiped him. And I pray today that that's how we do it. Listen, we're not going to worry about, we're not going to wait till Sunday morning to worship God. Because what you're telling God is you're only good on Sunday. We're not going to wait till he gives us a blessing before we worship God. Because what you're telling him is that he's genie and you rubbed the lamp and he blessed you. We're not going to wait until, until we need him most to bless God and worship God. We're going to worship him all the time. Let there be a continual praise on your mouth, in your, in your heart and on your mouth. The only way that happens is, is if you saturate your heart with the Word of God, with prayer, and with worship. Saturate your heart with that. God says this, and this is where the church, my God, this is where the church has gotten it wrong, and this is why a lot of people have given up on church and in return given up on God. Matthew 15 says this, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. And so many of us have done that. We've stood up. We rose our hands because somebody told us to. We sang the songs because we memorized the lyrics. And that just so happens to be your jam. And all you're doing is singing. And the singing and the lyrics is not truly an outpouring of your heart. It's just ritualistic. And God is saying, I don't want the ritual, baby. I want your heart. I want your heart. I don't want the ritual. I want your heart. And I don't know the story of everybody in this place today. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ. And, and the thing is, it's good that I don't know because there's nothing I can do anyway. I'm just Broderick. Only God can do transformation. Only God can make permanent changes. Only God can give you a new identity. All that I can do from my position is touch and agree with you in prayer. The Word of God says, where two or three are gathered together in my name and ask for anything, I will bless it. So today, wherever you are, wherever your heart is, you, you, you know, we, we don't do anything radical here where we ask you to come. 
Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.